Welcome to CarePod, a safe place to educate, inspire, and renew the caregiver. Listen in with our host, Dr. Kipley Bell, as she interviews different experts along the caregiving journey. Williams is a devoted wife and woman of God who grew up in Pemberton, New Jersey, and currently resides in Willingboro, New Jersey with her husband, Eric, of over 18 years. She has always had a passion to help those who have been tossed to and fro from the storms of life and guide them to getting their lives back on track. This fire was ignited when the world was faced with the global pandemic in March of 2020. And so many people, including herself, were hurting, feeling stuck, holding on to toxic secrets and crippled by fear of the unknown. During those uncertain times, she had an overwhelming desire to empower and encourage people, especially hurting women, and completed the training to become a certified Christian life coach through the Freedom Bible Institute and Seminary in November, 2020. As a result, the Friday five-minute faith lift was birthed and started on January 1st, 2021 on Facebook Live. Both women and men have testified about how these five minutes of faith have helped and encouraged them to get through these uncertain times we currently live in. In addition, she was prompted to launch her business, Coach K Secret Place LLC in June 2021, which provides spiritual wellness coaching to women from all walks of life. She also endeavors to provide help and hope for the caregivers of loved ones with Alzheimer's. This life-changing book was written with them in mind. In addition, she is a contributing author of the collaboration book entitled, Girl, Boss Up and Lead. She believes that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Let's welcome Karen Williams to the CarePod. I'm really excited that I am sitting here today with Karen Williams. We met at an impactful caregiving uh, event for breast cancer awareness and uh, the women in the room began to speak about caregiver burden and the different variables surrounding that. And wow, this woman is on fire. I said, I have to sit with <laughs> Ms. Williams today and welcome her to the care pod. She is a thought leader. She is an author. She has a personal caregiving experience uh, surrounding Alzheimer's and uh, has been an encourager in that space of those going through. And so I'm very, very thankful uh, for you taking the time to sit with us here today at the CarePod. Thanks again. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Kipley. Yeah, so tell me so about exciting. your story. Take me uh, on this journey. Okay, the story started um, uh, like this. Uh, my mother was actually diagnosed with uh, Alzheimer's at a young age. Um, she was, I think about 62, 63 years old. And we noticed, um, you know, some different things. We thought, you know, minor things that, uh, you know, we all do like we forget, you know, where I put my keys or, or something like that and didn't think much of it. And, um, and it wasn't until 
some some of her friends that she would take out. Uh, they would do volunteer work because she did a lot of volunteering work and and just taking her friends out to run their errands. They actually had called us and said, you know, your mom was, you know, we were going to the bank. And it's like midway there at a traffic light, your mom actually forgot where she was going. And, and that, you know, we still didn't understand, you know, didn't get it. And then it was other times when they said, you know, where they're, where they're going somewhere and she would think that uh, I'm going for, you know, you and she was going for herself. It, it was just things that started to progress. And so we got that word and had to actually take her to um, a doctor to see what was going on. And that's when we got that diagnosis, which uh, we were all in denial, the, the family, because this was new to us. Our, our mother was, she was the glue. She was the pillar in the family. And we were like, no, you know, a woman of God, a woman of faith. And we just said, no, this can't be happening. But yet, you know, when I was the one that had to, uh, that took her to the doctor, and uh, sitting in the room with her, I, I, I tell you, I had never experienced that. And it's like brought tears to my eyes when the doctor had to ask her like current events, like who was the president at the time, you know, when was her you know, birthday, her name. And she would kind of look at me and chuckle like, you know, you know what it is, you know, that type of thing. And, um, and that's, where, that's where it started. And, so tell me about your family. Uh, are you one of many siblings? Yes. Well, actually, uh, eight of us. There's there's eight of us. Two actually, two of our siblings um, had, had died with had babies. They were babies. So I still say it's still eight of us. But six of us now. Three three girls, three boys, and I'm actually wow. the baby. Wow. Yes. Yes, I'm Matthew baby. And it was just a different, because like I said, you know, mom prayed for us. If we had any kind of issues or problems, we knew where to come, you know, to, to, for prayer or for advice, even though we were out there doing our thing, you know, and, um, and, and it was, it was really hard on everyone, but my, myself and my sister, who's like two years in front of me, we were the actually two last ones at home with her. Um, when this was happening. So everyone was out on their own, married and just uh, not at home. And when, you know, we told them and, you know, we had a family meeting, everyone agreed that, you know, we would all try to chip in, do, you know, do what we can to see what's going to happen. And uh, because none of us wanted to put her in a nursing facility. And we all agreed, I mean, because that's the time when, you know, back then we was like, oh, we'll never do this. We'll, we'll never do that, you know? And um, along the way, it, you know, as it progressed, it really, the help didn't come. It, mm -hmm. it, it, it didn't, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it was for some of them. They couldn't stand, they couldn't take to see her decline. But yet it was like, well, you know, me and my sister, you know, we're here, we're, we're seeing that we're witnessing that, um, you know, they lived in different parts of Delaware, uh, New York, Florida, um, that type of thing. So, um, but it, it, it was a challenge. It was a challenge because she was young. We said, this happens. This is a, an older person's disease, you know? And, and we thought like, I, I thought maybe with me, if she may have been her eighties, Okay, maybe I can say, okay, it still would have been hard, but 
you kind of would understand. Mm-hmm, but, but as a young, old, thriving, young, exactly. younger, older adult person, well, right? Yeah, she right. Was, and then you, and, and also she was working at um at a group home setting, and mm-hmm. she loved her work. She was, you know, doing volunteer work at Deborah and um, Buttonwood Hospital and 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 Browns Mills Pemberton, and she um wanted you know wanted to get a job, you know, and and she worked uh, at a group home. And um, loved her work, and you know some of the people. One one young lady that was a, a, a difficult person, she took her on. No one wanted to deal. And her actual name was Sarah. Never forget oh. Sarah. Yeah, yeah. Her name was Sarah, and she was very feisty to you know. And um, but my mom knew how to deal with her, and um, and we thought maybe it started there because there was an incident that happened where a soda can was, was like thrown. I guess she was having one of her situations or times. And they said it, it kind of hit my mom in the head or the, you know, the story we got like it grazed or something and, you know, we'll never know, but we thought that that could have started something, mm. you know? So tell me as the baby of the family, but yet being in this position to see the progressive decline of your mother, how did that transform you? How did you then have to take this leadership role in a very painful time amongst your siblings to say, no, this is what it is? And how has that transformed you personally? Oh, it, 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 it has. That's, it's a good question because and it's so loaded, you know, and it transformed because I wasn't ready. I, I wasn't ready. I didn't um, you know, now mind you, like I, I tell people the beginning of it, I wasn't, wasn't going to church, you know, even though my mom and we knew how we were raised and, and, but I wasn't, that wasn't my, uh, story at that time, at the beginning. And I, I was angry to, to, to put it quite blunt, bluntly. I was, um, resentful because, you know, I felt, you know, like I said, being a baby, and now I'm, you know, being thrust into this position. I, I didn't know what to feel or or how to even, you know, put it into words. But it transformed me because um, I didn't I didn't know who to reach out to. I, I didn't have any kind of support system, and it was kind of really navigating this while in denial. It transformed me because here I I'm the baby. I always said me and my mom were the closest. I went to her for everything. And now I found myself, I'm taking her to doctor's appointments. And, and all along, I said, this is not how it's supposed to be. You know, I mean, growing up, you know, she, she scraped, you know, our, we scraped our knees, you know, she put the medicine on it and we went back out to play. Nobody told me that this was going to be my new journey. And, um, and so it was, you know, I had to work. We had to work. We still lived in a house where mortgage, because at that time, my my mother and father, they had been divorced, you know, for many years. And so it, it, it was like, how do I do this? And I, it, it's like, you know, we talk about growing up. I mean, I was an adult, but it was a growing up. But you know what it was? I was even in, embarrassed hmm. because I didn't understand. And, and so with that, I didn't reach out to anyone. I could have reached out to some of her, you know, church friends or something, um, but I didn't. 
Mm -hmm. and, and parents um, because of the your mother's presentation at the time or finding yourself in a position as a caregiver it it, it, it was both it was both she you know when I started to see it for myself that I, like you know this this is not my mom this is not who I knew and uh and I could tell the way that we kind of um interacted that it's like she I don't think she quite knows who I am as it was starting. And, um, and it was a scary, it was a scary time, you know, for me because I actually now was the mother playing that role of a mother had no, you know, no biological children. So didn't know. So I guess those instincts kicked in nurturing, but still it was a challenge because I, I, I'm like, I'm a mother, I'm, I'm being a mother now. And like my mother is like becoming now my child that now she she's depending on me. And and it was just it just was a scary thing because um it was really I was going through the motions. Wow. So and, tell um, me you said you weren't you weren't really, you know, a person of faith in that time, you know, angry, resentful. What do you say to the CarePod audience, the, the person that's listening, that's right there right now? Like, do you feel that th that experience brought you to your knees, brought you closer? What, what about going through that experience um, has made you a better person? Um, and it actually did. It, it, it got to a point that actually when uh, my mother needed round the clock care, like, like fast forward, and we did have to make that tough, the, the toughest decision ever to place her in the nursing facility. Because now it's actually my sister left, moved away, and it was just me there, mm -hmm. me and my mother. And, and so when uh, we placed her in the nursing facility, there was a nurse there that was a woman of faith. And even though right away, you know, I, I didn't, you know, come back into the fold, but, you know, and, and I engage, like I said, for the listeners, sometimes people on here and I, my time to feel numb, I needed to be numb of all this. So, you know, I, I engage in reckless behavior is what I'll call it. Okay. And, and people need to know the rawness of this before I could go see her. You know, I, you know, I may have gone to a happy hour or something, mm -hmm. just keeping it real, you know, mm -hmm. to go and be able to deal and see my mother like that. But I thank God because during that time, this one nurse always came, you know, cared for my mom. And 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 next thing I know, I rededicated my oh, life God. to the Lord. Yes, yeah, she 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 was planting seeds, as I know now, and and even though I saw my mother's walk and saw how she lived, and um, but I still was I, I believe I know an anger part towards God, mm -hmm. but um, at that point, it helped because during that transition, um, there were people praying for me that I didn't know, people that knew uh, my mother's condition, um, that I would be going out doing this or doing that. And these people would actually intercept when I was getting ready, maybe do something I shouldn't have been doing. And, you know, people in the neighborhood, a, a pastor would actually just come by and always say, you know, Karen, you, you know, your mom always prayed for you and, and we're, and I'm praying for you, you know, and after a while, I, I, it was a tug and that's all I could really attribute it to. 
And I said, you know, I had to, I started going to church and then rededicated my life to the Lord. And that was the turning point. That was the transition because I, I tell people before then, and even the transition coming into the fold and now um, being a woman of faith, it didn't still make it easier, mm-hmm. but um, it, it was, it, you know, but I wasn't alone. I yeah, wasn't I was alone. just going to say, but you knew you were in the palm of God's hand. That exactly. you really always were, but you came to that realization on your own, right? right. Exactly. Yes, and and, and, and that was and, and it was so helpful. You know, it was just um, because you know you, you feel like during that time I'm I'm just going to lose my mind. So, you know, God knew exactly. You know, um, the the plan that He had for me, and so I, I was so grateful for that uh, because it, it helped me. It helped Absolutely. a great deal. So take us now to the pen and paper. So now you say, I'm going to write a book about this experience. Tell, tell us the name of the book, what got you to that point and how that was therapy in and of itself, I would think. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I had been thinking about so long because not only uh, when my mother was diagnosed, she actually lived long with it. It was like 12 plus years. And, um, and then unbeknownst, no one could have told me my father would then be diagnosed with it. And, and when, you know, my mother transitioned in 2004, uh, six months after I had, I was married and my father, you know, after he had gone through it, he transitioned in 2016. And it was, you know, at that point, a little ways I was trying to kind of get my footing, like, you know, what do I do now when I had such a routine Mm-hmm. And um, and so I wanted to do something to honor both my mother and my father, but I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know what that would look like. I thought about a foundation or, you know, a nonprofit. I wanted to do something to help other people that were sometimes with this disease suffering in silence. Yeah. Because you know, you know. Who to reach out to? You don't know what to do. Um, you feel like you're in it alone. And then, of course, you know, social media, you know, played a big role because I often uh, would would be looking at. Um, uh, I always tell Pastor Joy, I just kind of like stalked, you know, her page and stuff. And 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 actually, when I said, you know, um, when I went there when uh, at their author parties, past ones, that people that wrote books and. Um, and I always knew it was something in me. And she always would put that seed. I'm waiting for you to get that book out, out of you, you know? And I decided, it, it was those times Dr. Kipley was like, I have to do something. I don't want to be what they went through and what my experience was to go in vain without being able to help people. And when she had the cohort last, I think fall, like starting in September, October, I said, you know what? I want to, I want to do this book. I'm going to put this. So as I'm writing, because I did journal some things, I said, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And, and it was scary though. And that's where I decided um, to write this book. Um, and it's entitled the roller coaster to remember help and hope for the caregivers of loved ones with Alzheimer's. 
Oh, and, and that's what it was. I, I wanted something to really give someone a, a, to visualize. This is a roller coaster. There's going to be, you know, you know, ups and downs, twists and turns. It, it's going to be, you're going to, your emotions are going to be all over the place. And, and that's why, and, but even with that being said, I still wanted the reader and those that are directly impacted or indirectly impacted to know even though you're going to go through these different emotional stages, that there's still there's still help, help and hope Absolutely. on the horizon. Absolutely. Yes. And I think there's something important that you said uh, that I felt too when you spoke about you know, it, it, two things. I had read this statistic recently that uh, specifically caregivers of color do not reach out for help, and uh, it's not a, a an ego thing it is or maybe maybe it is but it's it is that desire to keep your loved one's dignity intact and when you speak about embarrassment or wanting them to know the person who greets them or you know have proper decorum and behavior in a certain setting and you know what if they end up behaving in a manner that's not appropriate or what have you and uh, so that that's really a point that I um, that can isolate you in, in a sense. Um, yes. So that I think is a really important point that you made. And that was a big part of it. Um, you're so right. Is um, it seems like in communities of color where it's more prevalent this disease, and that's even a question. It's like, why is that? you know, when it does, why does it happen to, you know, in communities of color more? And when it does, why don't we reach out? But you, you hit the nail on the head because it's like an embarrassment be, and, and it's, not, it's not anyone's fault, but you don't know that because you don't understand what's going on. And, and like you're saying is, you know, what if she, if I say, you know, you know, mom, don't do this, or, you know, come on, that she may resist, you know, I, I can't very well, you know, it, it's just really like a, a, a mother-child relationship where, you know, with a, a child, child, you can, you know, you can like, okay, time out or something like that, but it's a different way that of dealing with that. Like you said, I, I, I did, I, before placing her in a nursing facility, we had her at home. That's what it was. we I, I I isolated really both of us because I I didn't want her to to act like I said inappropriately, you know whatever that may have been. Because my thought was this is what I know how to handle it, and so not having those answers, I you know and actually people actually had come around to the house, um, and I would peek out the window. And like you said, just put it all because I believe people that are listening to this will understand and be able to relate um, at whatever stage they may be that I would peek out the window and it would be one of like the church friends. And, and I was just too afraid to go to the door to receive what could have been help. Yeah, 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 yeah. So therefore, you know, it was like, I felt like it was me and mom and um and it, it just, you know, it's like, I can just see those times even just so clearly. Uh, wow, just being in that house, being in the house with her where we grew up and um, and just not knowing how to reach out for yeah. help, yeah. you know? 
I, that and, and it's like with me deeply. It really does. Uh, you know, I'm an only child and oh. my, my parents were divorced when I was eight. So it was always me and mom against the world kind of thing. And, yes. you know, so recently, even after this resurrection Sunday, uh, Bishop uh, had spoken about tombs and how, you know, uh, Jesus had the power to unbound himself, uh, but he's calling us out of our tombs and, and into community. So always kind of being this loner and independent woman and, you know, in this cocoon as my mother's person, you know, plus right. what, if you will. Uh, it, it really has this, my own caregiving journey has warranted me to, to, to be okay with help, you know, to, right. that you can honor and be a part of a community, you know, because Absolutely. everyone's journey is going to take a path that may put them in a position of needing help. So exactly. that's, yeah. that's interesting. That's yeah. interesting. Even though yeah. like you mentioned being independent, that's what makes it a challenge to ask for help because you've probably, you know, you're so used to, you know, being there for people, whoever that may be. And when it came to a time when you need help, I just, I always felt like I don't want to bother anybody that I was like a burden. If I asked for help or uh, felt like, you know, you know, I couldn't do it like almost like a failure that I couldn't take care of this. And, it, and the truth of the matter was I couldn't, I couldn't. And you're so right, you know, those years ago back, I mean, 19, what, like 1993, when it was happening, 1992, 93, I mean, it, it, it just was unheard of. Yeah. And, and therefore- I can't imagine like, the isolation uh, at that time, because now yeah. giving is a thing. <laughs> it, it's, it's a thing. thing. <laughs> and, and, and even though if, if I knew, you know, back then, you know, what I know now, of course, it would have been so different but I didn't and 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 a lot of people and I'm sure I wasn't the only one there that was many other people probably by you know by themselves having to like navigate this and um and it was for so long it was so interesting because a lot of people used to think I was the only child because you know in the nursing facility I, I was the one going because I saw too many times where other people like that were there didn't see other family members going to see them but um it, it was a tough thing back then and and that's why receiving help I just you know so rather than seeing um that I couldn't handle things I just didn't open the door um to even see if I could you know if it was a possibility you know, for you help. yeah yeah right? I get a lot of questions in the private Facebook community about, well, well, how do I help? I'm not a caregiver. How do I help a caregiver? You know, how do I show up for this person? And for me, that was a lot of my why in forming the platform. But in addition, for me personally, in caregiving experience, for me to ask somebody, oh, can you clean out my fridge and organize it? Or can you mop the floor? That seems, you know, uh, disrespectful versus the, the, that's the help I need, you know, versus right. the actual act of caregiving for my mother is the all of the ancillary stuff that goes with it. The washing, exactly. the clothes, the, the this, the that. Exactly. So. But but it's good though, because like you said, you've you've realize and identify what would help you 
and right. your journey. That's the thing. We all, and unless we all speak up, unless the people that are in, in the throes of this, unless you identify what would help you the most, no one will know. And therefore no one will be able to kind of provide that. You know, and sometimes it could just be a couple of hours. You might want to go to a movie or something and, and need someone to be there just to supervise and be there with them. Um, that's major. Sometimes yes. just trying to get out of that setting, yes. you know, and that's when people have them at home. That's that part. If you have them at home and if you're able to have them at home. And, and, and that's another part too, is, is really people that want to keep them at home. How, how do we do that? You know, where, where are the finances for that? Absolutely. And the future of health is home. Only now is the medicine climate realizing, wow, caregivers have a role and there's transformative and healing power at home. So how do we make that, uh, you know, marry itself? well exactly. and how do we empower caregivers to be educated uh, at at their loved one's bedside so exactly. yes and th so, that's an important i'm sorry yes so no, tell the, yeah. how does someone get k coaching and how do we find your book tell us everything okay well actually now my uh book is is on um it's on amazon um, I've also connected with some people. So I've given uh, my email address, uh, which is queenkarenwilliams at gmail.com, where people have, you know, emailed me to actually purchase a book and even just to kind of connect. Um, and also actually on my Facebook page, um, you know, people can find me under Karen Jones Williams, where there's a, um, the uh, link to purchase the book um, that they can get through where through PayPal. Beautiful. Um, but what I've been wanting, actually, my objective really is not just, you know, on top of them purchasing the book, it, to me, it's an investment, is really I'd like to connect with them and just kind of, you know, if they desire, you know, is even to see where they are, are in their journey and, and walk with them through it you know, like no pressure, but I wanted it to be more than here's this book that I believe can help and, um, and, and help free some people from not being afraid of your emotions and how you're feeling. Some days, you know, people feel like I don't want to do this anymore. You know, you love the person, you, you'll, you'll always be there, but it's days you feel like throwing in the towel. And so I just want to let people know I understand that um, this book will let you know the different myriad emotions I went through and to, you know, that you're, they're not alone. Absolutely. Not alone. Absolutely. Well, I applaud you. I, you are honoring your mother even on today. And I am blessed by your story and CarePod community will be as well. So I'm so thankful that you joined us. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for this space and this platform Absolutely. to be able to share. And I, and I pray it, it, it helps somebody. Absolutely, it will. Yes. Thank you so much. Anything, any last thoughts you'd like to share with our audience? Just just uh, be, be encouraged. Uh, know that you're not alone. Uh, 
please feel free to reach out to me. I'm here because that's what we need. Like you mentioned, we need community. We need each other and you're going to make it. Absolutely. Thank, thank you so again. much, okay. Karen Williams. Thank you. Great information right from the source. For more information on how to care give like a boss, check out impactfulcaregiving.com. Want to be a guest on the show? Contact us at carepod at impactfulcaregiving.com.